Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. It's episode 65 and as per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week I am joined by the absolutely amazing Cole Stewart. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout Don't you hold course Try something new. Hello. How are you? This is nice. It is. It's, it's the first time we've seen each other outside of um outside of drama school, so Yeah. Yeah. No, it's nice. How's your night been after our um for anybody that doesn't know, we're currently in intensive rehearsals for our um industry showcase next <laughs> week, which were quite intense today. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, good. I was working. I, I teach kids on a Monday evening, so I was doing that. And uh, I ran from the kids and I got some food and here I am. So <laughs> Ran from the kids? It's, it's that been... sounds a bit dodgy. Yes, I often do. <laughs> yes. You just left them there. They're, they're still there waiting for you to come back. Um, but <laughs> what I like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is um, how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? And it doesn't have to be a professional gig. We all love a nativity story. <laughs> I feel like most people would say that. I have a very bad memory, so I have no idea if I was in a nativity or I'm, I'm sure I was at some point. But um, I don't know. I remember going to a drama class club at the end of my road and that was every sunday morning so my long commute then yeah hours in traffic <laughs> and um, so that was at the end of my street yeah and uh I, I i went for i went for a few years when i was very very young in primary school and um that's yeah i think it was called stage ability i don't think they're still going so that's not advertising i don't think i, I don't remember doing an activity or anything i know loads of people on these kind of things say oh i was a wise man or i was mary and i've got no idea if i was even remotely involved in a nativity so um, i know i was in yeah. a nativity but i just nobody knows what i was so that leads me to believe that i was like really like oh. in the background or it was really shit because nobody remembers what i was so yeah well you you were an extra in mm. your own nativity well it was like the third tree from the left. Yes, villager two of Bethlehem. <laughs> yeah. It, so what was your first role that you remember doing? I really don't know. I suppose probably, that's terrible, but my earliest memory is probably in secondary school. I know that I did shows well before that, but I just can't remember anything. So I would say probably, I, you know, like every school's got like, or every high school's got the, um, like the drama kid. I kind of ended up being that, yes, but I never thought, like, I always knew who the drama kid was, and I was like, oh, they're cool. Well, in my world, they were cool, they weren't, they probably weren't really in the big world. I was world. cool, so. Um, yeah, well, good, not at my <laughs> school, they were just drama geeks, but, um, and then I kind of accidentally became that, um, just because I, I, out of my kind of friends group and uh, the student body, I suppose, uh, I was the one who took drama the furthest, um, as high as you could go within the Scottish qualifications, and loved it. Um, but yeah, so I, but I've st I'm st 
still not answering your question. The role <laughs> is similar, to, <laughs> similar to um, like Jack and Victor from Style Game. It was something like that. Um, that my drama teacher, um, Mrs. Bibiorsky, wrote. Um, who I still speak to. She's a she's a dream, and um, yeah. So an old man. It's it's really funny you talking about um being like the drama kid and because. In my school, I, I was the drama kid, but I was part of a group of the drama kids. There was like, okay. I want to say like four of us, me, Robin, Katie and Emily. But I am like, I think I, I haven't kept in touch with everyone that I went to school with. I think I've taken it the furthest and tried to turn it into a career. I know Robin and Katie are doing music. Yeah. They're doing absolutely fabulously with it. Go check out the shit. It's Big Fat Big. Everything linked below. Um, But yeah, so I think nice. I'm going to just give myself the title of The Drama Kid. Yeah, yeah, that's probably wise. I mean, I, I, I didn't set out to be the drama kid. It kind of accidentally happened, and then there was a stage that I, I looked, ba- looked back as if I'm 80, where I looked back <laughs> in secondary school and thought, oh, that I've become the drama kid sort of by accident. But, yeah. Well, you say that, like, looking back, me and my friend Robin was actually talking the other day about a thing that happened um, while we were in school, and we realised that we're closer to our 30s now than we are to being the age of school children. Oh, don't which talk is to me about Obviously, age. like, a nice little reminder of the ever-glooming ageing that's happening in our lives. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, thanks for bringing the tone down. <laughs> we're all going to die. <laughs> Yeah, brought it right down. That's it. Also, the train just went past. So everyone enjoy that. Um, So like me, you're no stranger to being a a drama school student. Do you have a favourite funny drama school anecdote that you can share with us? And I know I sort of warned you about this question today. So I hope you've got a good answer. You did. And I didn't have one at the time and I'm still searching for it. (laughs) Um, We did. I did. um, I did a pantomime on a ship when I was at college. And that was pretty fun. Um. Like it's on an not actual exactly boat, a wild or revealing story, but it was, yeah, on the so the tall ship in Glasgow. It's at the Riverside Museum. You just have things um, for boats, don't you? We d- we're going to talk more about that later. <laughs> it was there never anything that was like wild or crazy because we've all been in those rooms and some some crazy shit does happen. Is there anything where you look back on and you go, "What the fuck happened there?" I n- not nothing like that I can pinpoint, but I do remember points just like standing in a studio being a tree and thinking oh i thought they were just kidding on about this stuff but yeah. here i am being the wind i thought so, this was um i thought this was um the the myth nobody played yeah trees. i thought they just showed these in the drama school videos but here i am being the wind and oh it's uh it's immersive oh um so yeah that was yeah there was lots of stuff like that and i had to get not used to movement, but I'm not like I'm not a natural kind of mover. If somebody Same. says, I was saying today to you, I think like if somebody says, just do what feels natural, that gives me the ultimate fear. Like yeah. natural to me is to sit down and do nothing <laughs> or to not move. Um, so I had to sort of really, um, I don't know. I suppose get in my body if we want to put it like that. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I hate movement. No, no disrespect to everyone out there that loves it, but. <laughs> I'm just lazy. I'm sorry, I had to cough. Um, what was the biggest lesson 
that you would say you learn at drama school? Oh, probably that I don't. This might be quite negative, but probably that first and foremost, you're going into a business. You're going into an industry which is a business. So, although we are all creative types, it's it's we're trying to yeah. not we're trying to, but it's it's oh, it's all money led. Um, Tell me and about it. <laughs> everything is funding, and everything is. <laughs> is fees and salary which of course you need but it's just sometimes or when i was younger a bit daunting to think oh i just want to i just want to mess about on a stage and be funny or make people cry or um i just get in a room and feel stuff as cheesy as that sounds like mm-hmm. so to be taught to be told that that people are out there to make money first first and foremost like companies and theaters of course um was a little bit scary but i also learned out with college somebody once told me i was having a conversation quite a deep conversation with someone and this is that they said that i was a good listener which was very nice and very complimentary of them and they said you get people that listen and you get people that wait to talk and i thought that was a nice little life lesson because i definitely know people that just wait to talk and they don't really take in what you're saying so then they don't react i'm just talking about normal life they don't then react to the live situation of what you've just said because they've got an idea of actually their yeah what they're wanting to say i used to be really bad at that i used to be a waiting to talk person okay and i'm working on it i'm working on it it's still not as good as i'd like to be but yeah definitely (laughs) I've learned the valuable lesson of shutting the fuck up recently. But mine was very similar to yours. It was not that it was a business per se. It was more that it's a competition. Because if okay. if you're in drama school and, for example, there's three boys in our class that are doing the degree, even though none of us really look alike and we all have our own unique look and thing, a lot of people I've heard the phrase, all, all of, not even just specifically this year, over all my years at drama school, it's not a competition. You're only in competition with yourself. But realistically, you and me and the other guy that's in our class, I'm not going to name him just because he doesn't want to be named out there. Um, we're all going to be in the same auditions for the first five years of our career. And I, I just think that it, it isn't essentially it's a competition because we're all going to be fighting for the same roles. Yeah, there's bound to be some crossover at some point. And... Um... Yeah, but I, interesting because I found it. I mean, I joined um uni late, um as you know, five weeks late. So I was quite freaked out when I arrived, and it was like a class of like fifteen females. Not that I find females scary, not at all. But I just there were no guys. There was you and one other, and I thought, oh. I, I just never really seen that. I know there's, the ratio is always a bit out. There tends to be more females. Um, I've never seen and, a higher ratio of females before. It's always been... Have you not? Like, um, when I went to Kelvin, they it was I think there was one more boy than there was girls. And when oh, I went wow. to the university that shall not be named, it was an even split, 50-50. So I came to, um, I came to where we are now and walked in on the first day and I was like I I mean I'm not gonna lie the first thought that went through my head was me you and the other guy that's in our class are gonna have fucking shit tons of space in the dressing room I that's so funny you've said that I was literally thinking about this for next week when we move into the theatre for tech and shows I thought oh I wonder I wonder if we'll just have tons of space so (laughs) yeah that's funny we both yeah that was my first thought I was like we're all gonna get a mirror each (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, um, I'm expecting like a name tag from you when we arrive. 
obviously. Above your mirror. It's going to have my headshot next to it. <laughs> Signed to Ingram. Love Ingram. I'll, I'll bring a sign, um... I'll bring a sign for the door as well with all of our names on. Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, just the little touches. Oh, yes. So, obviously, you returned to drama school this year like me, and I, I think I'm right in saying that you've... Were, you went at drama school for a while and then you've returned, and I remember I asked you about it in class one day, like, why did you come back now? It probably seemed like a really upfront question at the time, like, why are you here? Um, but you were saying sort of because of the pandemic, you felt like it was a bit of a, a opportunity to come back and get your degree and things. How have you found it this year coming back, especially with it being in a pandemic? And obviously we're going through, I just dropped something. Um, obviously we're going through showcase at the moment and it's been pretty up in the air and we're all lateral flowing every night and everything. So how have you found it this year? Yeah, um, I panic applied in the January of, well, I suppose that would have been a year ago. Uh, I say panic applied, I don't mean that as if I didn't know what I was doing. I wanted to sort, I wanted to return to education at some point. I say I panic applied because I did it uh, the day before <laughs> it had to be in. Yeah. Um, because I didn't realise, I forgot I was out of the education system and I didn't know when these dates and things happened. And I'm not very admin anyway, so that kind of stuff drives me round a twist. <laughs> um, but I've, found, I've loved it. I've mm. really, I don't know if it is, it, it's obviously a step up from what I was doing before. J yeah, even just little things like having, I feel like we've got quite a lot of space where we train. Um, yep. So it feels quite luxurious in that sense that we have we have studios that we can go to. There's always somewhere free or somewhere to go if you need to rehearse something or, I don't know, do a read-through or um, or something. And the the teachers and lecturers and tutors are all fab. So, yeah, I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, I'm enjoying myself. I, I, I do, I, I slightly find myself sometimes being like, why the fuck did I do it in the year of a pandemic? But... I feel like we're not anywhere closer to getting rid of the pandemic, so may as well just do it now. When the pandemic hit, eh, that year, that summer, all of the drama school graduates, and I suppose graduates everywhere of all disciplines, when they eh, graduated, they were sort of known as lockdown graduates or COVID graduates. And and I, and I there was a big push on Twitter and social media and um and wherever there could be a push to get them work and get them jobs and I felt a bit out of things because I thought well I graduated a few years ago haven't haven't gotten tons of work or enormous work or like like I've, I've not done like a big Netflix or a big BBC or anything like that um so I was like oh well what do I do like I kind of felt less than a, a Covid graduate if that makes sense yeah. because I thought oh because they are graduating in a tough time i graduated in a time that was normal in comparison and i haven't got i felt at the time i was i didn't have the opportunities that those people did um and i think it was just because there was a push because of the the state that we were in and the world was in so i want to talk to you now um because obviously you said we're going to talk a bit more about this in a minute but you said that you came to college five uh uni five years five years late five weeks late so we were all highly anticipating the the um the arrival of cole and i don't know why about four weeks <laughs> in i i kind of clicked onto who you were because in 2019 i'd done a show called meet you and uh, I was in the show with um, a guy called Aidan Coulter, who you are good friends yes. with. 
And yeah. because I'm like Povo and don't drive, I am. Um, Aiden used to give me a lift back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden used to give me a lift back and forward to rehearsals because we live in pretty much the same area. And we basically okay. just got to know each other. And I found out about your theater company, Brass Neck. So ah. as we're talking about it, I think, I don't know how I clicked onto it, but I remember going, ah, the only person that I could possibly think this is, is Aiden's pal Cole. So I went on Aiden's Instagram, searched for you, and I knew you were away singing on a cruise ship. We're going to talk about a bit more about that later. Let's see, this is how we do it. You, you leave All these trails, Ingram. And then they come back. Um, yeah, so... I knew you were singing on a cruise ship and I was like, I'm just going to go and look on his Instagram because if I was on a cruise ship, that's what my Instagram would be full of. And it, it, lo and behold, <laughs> it, it was. And I remember putting in the group chat, um, I found him. This is him. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I was totally like, <laughs> before I did that, I, I did say to a few people, I was like, I think I know who it is. And they were like, how? And I was like, I just have a feeling that I'd done a show with his friend five years ago. It just that's hilarious that's hysterical that there was such intrigue of who this mysterious co was oh there, there I, very much was a lot of intrigue and anticipation anticipation and then i arrived and uh sorry about that disappointment <laughs> but I'm, I'm here now and i'm settled in yeah the whole point of that story was i wanted to talk about brass neck theater which was um a theater company that you founded and aiden was in it was very long way around for a shortcut i could have just said it very i enjoyed <laughs> So you were part of this theatre company and you founded it and it's called Brassneck Theatre Company and it, you went on to have a lot of success with it. How did that all start and what were the early days of that like? That was uh, some friends and I in college who and I were double cast in a panto where we were both playing the dame. At that, the panto on the ship that I was talking about, we were both playing the dame and uh, so we were writing a lot of gags and writing a lot of jokes and little sketchy bits. Um, and so we'd done that, had a lot of fun doing that, and then a few weeks later, two other friends came to us and were like, oh, we're wanting to do this play, do you want to be a part of it? And we were like, yeah, why don't we do, I'm sure, I hope this is right, I'm sure it is. We were like, yeah, why don't we do a fundraiser before that so that we can get some money in the pot to in order to do the show? And we thought, oh, we all love writing comedy, we all love funny stuff and doing bits. Uh, so why don't we write a sketch show? And it kind of started from there. And then the idea of the play was put to the side. And to this day, we've never done that play. And we just focused on... We ended up creating a little theatre company. And doing a, we did a lot of online stuff. Uh, online sketches and videos um, that went out on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and things like that. And then we did... Uh, live show we did a weekend of live shows at talk about that in, a second. in the west end in glasgow oh it's my oh. next question and uh so yeah yeah that's how... <laughs> so that's yeah that's how it started it was just friends and we'd always in college um our, our lecturers were pretty good at telling us look the phone isn't just going to ring so create your yeah. work, and there has been a push for this few years uh, where there are so many people trying to do this thing. Uh, there's been such a high press on make your own work, do your own stuff, get your face out there. And not, 100%. not only are you then employing yourself, but you're doing stuff that you want to do because you're in control of it, you're in charge, and you're creating it. Yeah. Um, and then 
then you went on to produce a live show at the for brass neck oh Webster's where Theater. did you hear about that <laughs> <laughs> um and obviously the webster's i'll be um invading the webster's very shortly with my new player this is where we get off um the ticket link down yes. in the bio um down in the show notes i have to plug it um it's a legal requirement it's not yes, but yes. please go and buy tickets we're close <laughs> to selling out what was the biggest highlight nice. of producing your own live show and putting it on in a live venue like you said you'd been doing a lot of online content then what what was the biggest highlight of then bringing that into a live format i think um i think just doing it like getting to the end of it and looking back and going oh we we did that like we said to do that <laughs> yeah yeah but almost because like as an achievement we yeah. set out to do this and did that Mm. uh and we sold out for it we sold out three shows which was lovely and we, and we thought we did not think that was going to happen at all because we i mean we'd done some sketches online but we didn't have a huge following at all so we felt a little bit out of depth out of depth out of our depth uh we felt a little out of our depth going into a theater and trying to sell it out for three shows uh and somehow it happened and it went down really well people we got really good feedback and comments um uh, and then we actually then rewrote that show and uh we sent it to the bbc we were chatting to a guy at the bbc about it uh it never went any further at the moment it's still um nothing's happening with it at the moment but that was the plan was to take it to um bbc or at some independent company and try and get this uh sketch show written because the first half was all sketches and then the second half was this character caricature that darren had created called ma who was just a scottish mum uh very brash very yeah i was gonna say we need to translate that for all of the international and english viewers <laughs> listeners <laughs> so uh yeah so she's this glaswegian scottish mother who loves her kids and uh is the matriarch of the family and is very gallus and you know she'll she'll have a bit of a tiff with her neighbors or a fight with her neighbors but she'll still send them a christmas card and a box of chocolate she's she's you know she's got heart but she's also hopefully hilarious and people people can hopefully dig into that somewhere yeah I wanted to ask as well, and I don't want to bring the tone about down about it because um, I, obviously I've produced stuff and I'm currently producing stuff, and there are some stressful parts. Was there any lows? Like, was there any point where you were just like, "What the fuck are we doing this for?" I I remember, yeah, about four or five days before the show, we all kind of hit a wall where we'd been we'd been rehearsing it for about maybe a week or two before that and we all hit a wall and thought oh, I, I, we don't know if we can do this we don't know if we're going to be able to pull this off but in a way i think we needed that i think at some point yeah. you need something like that to then boost you because you go well what else are we going to do we've sold shows yeah. people are paying to come and see we need to give them something kind of, kind of a lot of money in the pot yeah and ultimately we did this no one's making us do this we want yeah. to do this so it was sort of a moment of looking of stepping back and looking back and going well why did we want to do this and reevaluating it from from that perspective yeah a hundred percent i agree with you like sometimes i've just been like well i've put myself in this position so like just take yourself out of it for a minute but yeah. I, I know we've had conversations about this in, in person and i know some of the members of brass naked 
out there living their best adult lives and having babies and buying houses and you know moving on um so do you have any current plans in the future or anything coming up that people can look out for there's nothing at the moment but that's uh, that's not to say that we've we've you know stopped or that we're i'd say i'd say we're on a hiatus Mm. uh to not a one direction situation no no not yet or uh, no take that none of that um <laughs> but to robin robin are uh, a couple and they've just got a house and uh robin has just given birth to a, a disgustingly cute little baby called rudy uh so what well, i'd say we're on a hiatus the now but i think we will be back at some point there'll be yeah. there'll be stuff mm-hmm. um yeah it makes me really angry when people are not like successfully living their life and you know like getting on and i'm just sort of here like what the yes. fuck are you doing <laughs> i'm just prancing about doing bits and bobs and yeah. people are like getting houses and mortgages and having kids <laughs> and i'm like excuse me i'm just trying to write some solid comedy here yeah my bank so... card got declined for netflix the other night so you know <laughs> oh wow that's a little <laughs> well, that's where we are at the um sort of thing yeah. but I, I this is a fun question now and i, I love to ask this um, if you were booked to do a one-month run in a two-person show on the West End and you could pick anyone with no financial restraints oh. to be a star, who would you pick? And for oh, anyone out this? there that's listening, my answer will still be Catherine Tate. And please go and comment on her latest Instagram and ask her to come on the podcast because <laughs> I would die. We'll all do it. We'll all just attack her latest Instagram. Please post. do. Because um, even if I get a restraining order, that's her signature. Yeah, so if nothing else, you've got an autograph. Yeah. That's kind of a tough question because you want to say someone amazing but you kind of don't because you don't want to be overshadowed i don't want an imbalance i think anyone that knows me knows i adore elaine c smith and i her daughter's been on the podcast yes hannah i'm fr- i know hannah yeah do you know what i'm going to say elaine because i would in rehearsals i would just sit like a sponge and soak up everything she says and does um i work i've been um very lucky to work as a chaperone with kids on pantom the pantos that she does at the kings for the last three or four years and uh i get i kind of get to go into the rehearsals uh once or twice um but often and they just to sit and watch <laughs> the the genius come to life and like all and not just her but everyone else like the Angie Darcy who who does pantos at the Kings and Johnny Mac who's amazing, um and just to watch all these people that I that I think are the greats of this generation and I love pant I said earlier today I said don't let me start talking about panto because you're moving on I won't I won't <laughs> yes exactly but um. I think, uh, yeah, so to watch her in rehearsals and then even like when the shows are up and running, if it's Sleeping Beauty or whatever, it's Cinderella, Aladdin, I stand at the wings like a sponge and just soak up everything and yeah. So I would say Lainsey Smith, but also at that, that would, I would be totally overshadowed by her comedy. I feel like you could do that in um, the scene you're currently doing for Showcase. I don't know what the play is called. Perfect Days. I feel like you could do that with Elaine. Let's make it happen. Oh yes, mm. let's email her. Let's everyone. Let's uh, comment on Catherine Tate's latest Instagram post, and let's then jump onto Facebook and comment on Elaine's latest video. Mm. That and and tag me. What a great idea, Ingram! I'm glad I came on this. See, this is why I'm a theatre producer. 
Let's see, I, I've got the ideas. I just want to quickly interrupt to remind everyone at home that please, if you're enjoying this episode, please go and follow us both on social media and scroll down and leave a rating and a review on the podcast because that helps us out so much you don't even know. And the whole thing with podcasting is that I'm trying to get you as an audience to sort of give me a good, um, what's it called? Like, what, what do we want to call it? Like a good review. Yeah, so then other people will see the good reviews and they'll come and listen. So please, please, please scroll down and leave us a rating and a review and it means more than the absolute world to me. Um, but yeah, so we've sort of teased about it, but most recently you were away living the life of luxury on a cruise ship, singing your wee heart out. What was that like? <laughs> it was it was amazing. I loved it. It was it, two months at sea i was i was going to say which sea there but i'll be honest i have no idea we <laughs> sailed we the the sh- <laughs> the ship was named after iona the scottish island so and it was a brand new ship so on its uh maiden voyage we went up to iona which was lovely because it was me and about 30 other uh londoners and english people has go or where I'm from and just them all going is that your house is that your house there is that one is it that one do you live there <laughs> and I was like guys I live very far away from here yeah so that was funny but yeah it was a stunning it was a it was a jammy job uh we did uh, it was it was 10 shows a week but some of the shows didn't even last half an hour so uh, you just sort of we sunbathed all day went in the pool hot tubs and, and and ate a lot. I, I originally went onto the ship thinking, right, I'm going to look. There was a stunning gym. And uh, I thought I'm going to lose weight on this ship. I'm going to lose weight and tone up. And I ended up, I, I found the buffet very quickly. <laughs> and ended up, it was just a case of me. I was going to the gym to not put weight on. Which I suppose <laughs> is better than nothing. Out. But I, I didn't, you know. Yes, but yes. Otherwise, the ship would have been unbalanced <laughs> um also just because i'm a nosy bastard where was um your favorite place that you went uh, so the fact so interesting we didn't actually get off the ship because this was just in uh because it was the tail i was going to say the tail end of covid but we're sort of still there yeah the tail end of lockdown and all that so it was one of the first ships to go back out or to go out at all because it was a new ship but do you know what I might say Iona up in Scotland? We came we came down as far as Portugal and Spain and Italy. No, not Italy. France. France, I'm thinking of. Uh but you know the weather was much better in Scotland. I don't know if it was the time of year, it was September. Mm. So the it was so it was still scorching at night, up till like nine or ten PM and sometimes we'd we'd do deck shows out on deck. So you'd be performing as the sun was setting. So uh, yeah, it was. I love how you had to clarify that there. We do deck shows out on the deck because I'm I'm like uncultured scum. Yeah, well, I don't know where you do your deck shows. <laughs> yeah, so on the deck and in the garden. Oh. <laughs> well, that's what I'm doing now that I'm unemployed. <laughs> um, another question that I love to ask is, um, if I held a gun to your head right now and forced you to write a memoir, what would you call it? Oh, oh, there's a question. Um, I love um. It would t- oh. Mine would be the trials and tribulations of a drama school dropout. Oh, God. well, I'm glad you didn't go with a long version. <laughs> that's good. I like that. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. I'd buy it. I'd read it. Um, 
I'm going to I'm going to go for a strong Cole Stewart Gallus. One word title. I like it. Yes. I, Only I can't because relate. I, I love um, <laughs> I've got um I'm reading Billy Connolly's uh book The Now, which is called Windswept and Interesting, which is totally him. Yeah. That is I think it was one of his friends or somebody he knew that called him that once and he's always remembered that. So and and I've been called Gallus before, so I feel like Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't do that because it would be Ingram Noble prick. <laughs> But do you know no, what? It I, would not. Do you know what I am obsessed with? Um, I saw a tweet of it the other day, and like ever since, I can't stop thinking about it. The um, autobiography names of the stars of EastEnders. So, oh my gosh, Pat Butchers is my favourite. The end of an e ring. That is genius. Come and on. Then, and then uh, um, Doc Cottons as well. Before the year dot, and then Sid Owen, who played Ricky Butcher, is from Rags to Ricky. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. And then there was a load under it of like suggestions. There was like suggestions for future ones. And it was like Steve McFadden oh, who plays it? Phil Mitchell. And this is my favorite one. Let me fill you in. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm here for it all. So that's what I kind of want to do. Whoa. Yeah. Like, I, I love it. I'm pun. obsessed. Um, but we're going to play a game now. And it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And it's um, all stories by our listeners. And I kind of, um, I, I was talking to you about this wow. today. I didn't tell him any of the stories. So don't worry about it. Um, but our listeners send stories in. I don't know if you know what, what, what the game is. Um, and one of them is made up by our producer. Yes. No, I've listened to your podcast. I'm a fan. Very. Thank you very much. Because um, the person whose episode is coming out next week, um, she, okay. she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she does know we'll um so yeah so there's three stories two are um stage right which means they're the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth and one is stage shite which is made up by heather our producer and it's a big fat lie and just to remind everyone if you have okay. a story for stage right or stage shite please email us at drama school dropout pod at gmail.com and who knows your story might end up on the podcast and one of these is i think maybe one of my favorite stories ever so no pressure to the people who sent it in. So number one, Hit me. I discovered my love of acting because I signed up to my local amateur dramatic society. I actually had no interest in acting, but it was free and it got me out of the house and away from my husband. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Number two, I was once an extra on a popular American TV sitcom and part of my costume was a gorgeous Prada blazer and the director was a massive asshole. So I left halfway through the day and I took the blazer with me. <gasps> Do you know what I'm thinking? Wow. I, I'm, th I'm getting ugly Bertie vibes from that. So maybe the director was an asshole. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. I'm just thinking you fashion. Right. Fashion, darling. Yeah. Because that, like, who else is going to put their extras in Prada? <laughs> fashion, darling. You wouldn't know. Um, and number three, which is possibly my favorite story of all time. Back in the days before mobile phones and emails, my mum forgot to pass on the message of an audition. And I missed it. So my mum called the casting director and pretended to be my agent and basically told her a load of lies about the, in air quotes, staff at her office. She got my audition rescheduled and I booked the role. But because of this, she has often said that she should try her acting herself or she should be my agent. Oh, that's, that's iconic. a great story. Yeah. Oh, um, so one of these is a lie. Yeah, but I think I figured it out and I'm really, oh, really? disappointed. Oh, so you don't know either? Yeah, you don't know. No, either. I don't know. I've got the answer um, in a sealed envelope, but I think I've figured it out and I'm kind what, of, yeah, I think. What I've was the second out. one? 
I was once an extra on a popular TV, American TV sitcom. Oh, yeah. And part of the costume was a gorgeous proud of Laser, and the director was an asshole, and she left halfway through the day and took it. I'm going to say that the the stealing of the costume is a lie. Okay. So I think I've figured it out. Number three is a direct carbon copy of a friend's storyline when Phoebe pretends to be Joy's agent because he misses an audition. Oh my gosh. Right, so I don't, I, I'm so sorry, you might lose listeners here, Ingram, but I have never watched Friends. I don't, would not have picked that up or know anything about that. See, I'm a massive Friends um, fan and I've had these stories for a day and a half and was really excited about that third one. But yeah, that, that's a that's a storyline from Friends. Phoebe pretends to be Joey's agent. So oh, I, I'm saying that three is the bullshit one. Yeah. You can carry on and stay. You don't have to come with me on this journey. I might be wrong. Yeah, I'll, st- I'll go truthful and honest and stick with... <laughs> I said two, didn't I? Number three. <gasps> oh, well done. And there's also a note on the Good back of you. it that says, this is a direct copy from a Friends episode. And I couldn't think of anything else while you were asking me to no. write the story. Oh my god! I wait till my fr- my best friend Philip loves Friends, and and I just really don't. I'm so sorry, and uh, <laughs> he berates me on a weekly basis. <laughs> so he he will love this. Also, so we're coming to the end of the podcast now, but I I, w- I want to do a thing. So we are currently in intensive rehearsals for our showcase that will be over and done with by the time this episode comes out. So. Let's both manifest something that we want to happen in Showcase. And then I will update all of the listeners and tell them if they came true. So something that we want to happen in Showcase, what do you mean? What, like, like in the show so or, a- or like after it or from it? Manifestation for me, I'm not going to go with the obvious of I want to get an agent or I want to do all that. I want to have fun, not be stressed and just have a good time with my scene partners. That's so wholesome. Hmm. Wow. But also, I really want an agent. (laughs) Yeah, sneak that in there as well. Yeah. Uh, Oh, gosh, I don't know. That's a really nice one. I, I, yeah, I'm not going to say, I I mean, I'm not going to say I want an agent, but I'd like to, I'd like to meet cool people that I could potentially work with in the future. Mm -hmm. Or I'd like to make good connections. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And you also want Whatever those may be. That would be nice. Yeah, not, yeah. Um, yeah. Where can everyone find you on social media and where can everyone keep up to date with what you're doing? Oh, well, if you like pictures of boats, um, you can uh, follow me. Uh, there's actually, do you know, there's actually only two on there. I'm just kidding. Uh, you can follow Sorry, me I have to uh, take a at Cole. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that to come out your mouth. If you like a good boat... You'll find me at, at Cole STW. Yeah, and everything. Uh, are you on Twitter or anything like that? Yeah, all the same everywhere. Everything will be down in the show notes below. And all, we will be, um after Showcase, we're going into production. So we'll be um together, hopefully, in a theatre. I know oh. there's two different shows and two different casts. Hopefully we'll all, because I, I feel like it would be quite cool to do something with all the boys and all that. Um, you know, lads, lads, lads. Yeah. Um, so hopefully um, everyone can come and see us in the theatre and tickets will all be available pretty soon. Hopefully, fingers crossed that COVID doesn't fuck us over. Um, but thank you so mm. much for coming on the podcast. It's been such a joy talking to you. And um, yeah, I've had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for asking me on. I 
just I've just chatted rubbish for an hour, but thank you very much. It's what I do every I've week. Enjoyed myself. It's what I do every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole epitome of this podcast is just chatting shite for an hour, and then some people listen. It's quite mad, really. <laughs> I probably shouldn't undersell myself like that. Uh, but yes, thank you so much for coming on. And everyone at home, please make sure to go and follow Cole on all of his social medias. They are down in the show notes below. And remember to follow me too. All my social medias are at Ingram Noble, all one word. And you can get tickets for This Is Where We Get Off uh, at www.highproductions.co.uk. Anything else to plug, Cole? Any? Where can people book you to come and sing at the wedding? <laughs> um, on the social media, send me a DM and I'll be there with a karaoke cable. <laughs> I mean, he's underselling himself there. He's very much not a karaoke kind of guy. He's, he's a singer. <laughs> but I will let you get Thank back you to normal much. life. Thank you so much for coming on, and I shall see you tomorrow. Thank you. See you. Bye. And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 65 completed. Thank you so much to Cole for coming on the podcast and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps me out so much. You don't even know and it's free so why not and also please make sure to subscribe press that subscribe button so that you get a cheeky little notification every tuesday when a new episode of drama school dropout drops and remember if you have a story for stage right or stage shite please email us at drama school dropout pod at gmail.com as per usual my name is ingram noble and i have been your resident drama school dropout this has been episode 65 and i've been chatting to cole stewart and i will be back next tuesday with a brand spanking new episode so make sure to come back and listen in have a great week stay safe i love you bye Drama school dropout. No graduation day for you. Drama school dropout. Fuck your whole course, now try something new. Drama school dropout.